This is the Marriage Bites Podcast, episode 73. Is forgive and forget good advice? Welcome back to the Marriage Bites Podcast. Glad you're here. We are so glad you're here. Thank you so much for listening. Let's just dive right in. Let's do that. So we were looking at some things online and a question came up about... Forgiveness. And forgetting or not forgetting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't... I'm not sure how I feel about forgive and forget. The idea of forgive and forget. I, I'm kind of the same way. It, it really depends on what it is. Because if it's something little and the person you forgive them of it and they've changed... For example, let's say you leave the butter out of the refrigerator. Let's say that's a thing we do in our house, right? Mm -hmm. You leave the butter out all the time and it drives me crazy and I talk to you about it and you're like, okay, I'm so sorry for doing that. I didn't realize it was, you know, going to cause problems. And I say, okay, I forgive you. And you start putting the butter away every time. I can forget about that, right? Well, I don't know if you'll actually forget because you might keep in your memory. Yeah, you used to leave the butter out all the time. And it doesn't matter if you remember that or not. What matters is if you still have a lot of strong emotions attached to that memory. And maybe that's what forgive and forget means. Maybe I'm splitting hairs here. But like, I can remember what happened in the past, but that doesn't mean I have to bring it up every time we argue. Like, I don't have to hold on to anger. You don't have to hold on to anger or frustration with me for leaving the butter out. You can let that go. I think that's really what forgive and forget means. Right. I think if you say, yeah, I forgive you for whatever it is, but a year down the road, you bring it up. Have you really forgiven? I don't know. Let's look at this on a grander scale. Okay. With a relationship. The affair. Okay. Right? Your spouse has an affair and it's brought to light and your spouse is so sorry for it. And you both decide to stay together and your spouse apologizes for it. Mm-hmm. And maybe a lot apologizes for it. Right. And you frankly forgive them. But is that something you want to forget? Or is it going to take a long time to rebuild that trust so you can forget it? Is that something I mean, that you're always going to have in the back of your mind? I, I don't know. That's a really good question that a lot of people who have experienced their partner being unfaithful, it is really hard to let go of the emotions that are attached because it is a big trauma for them, for the most part. I mean, I can't speak for everybody. But when there's something that has really big emotions attached, which can be a big thing like an affair, or you can have big emotions attached to a smaller, what most people would call a smaller behavior. Um, but you're never really going to forget that your spouse cheated on you. I just don't think that's going to happen. Well, and I think, I think not forgetting is not necessarily a, a bad thing or something that's wrong. You're always going to remember it happened. Mm -hmm. But are you going to be suspicious or take pornography? Say your spouse is looking at pornography and that's a real problem for you and you confront your spouse about it, mm -hmm. you know, they say they're going to stop and you forgive them of it. Is it forgetting? If you, if you say, okay, I'm going to forgive them, obviously you're not going to forget it, right? Mm -hmm. Are you going to take steps to ensure that they're not going back to it? Hmm. Or even the affair thing. Are you going to take steps to ensure that they're not uh, cheating on you again? Well, how do you do that? How do you take steps to make sure that your spouse doesn't cheat or look at pornography? You can't. You, you, you can't. Well, you can try. You can try to control them. You can try to manipulate them. You can try all sorts of things. But in the end, those things don't stop pornography use or 
infidelity. And actually, it, sometimes it contributes more to those kinds of behaviors. Well, can you forgive somebody and then still be suspicious for a while? And is suspicion, like I said, an affair or say pornography, are those things something you're just not going to trust them on fully? Maybe it takes a long time to trust them. And then you can eventually, when you do, is it good judgment to forget? Maybe not. I mean, we remember things because it keeps us safe. Generally speaking, you, if you, even if you're talking about like the evolution of mankind, um, part of our evolution was remembering the bad things so that we could avoid those and remembering like, I don't know, remembering where the food is so that you can go toward that. But it might not be good judgment to quote unquote forget what your spouse is doing because you do need to keep yourself safe. And if you perceive infidelity or pornography use as unsafety, then of course it's good judgment to hold on to that because you do need to have possession of all the facts. You need to be able to protect yourself um, based on what is truly happening in a relationship and not go blind to what is happening. Sometimes forgive and forget is used as a way to, I'm just gonna go blind to what they're doing. I'm just gonna not look. I'm just gonna not pay attention to whether or not my husband's looking at pornography because if I know that he is, that causes me all kinds of upset. And so if I just turn a blind eye and say, I'm forgiving and forgetting, then there may be a part of you that knows it's still going on, but you're just completely avoiding it, which is a move away from intimacy with your spouse. Right. I think we should always forgive. I, I know that's easier said than done, especially when somebody has really wronged you. I think we should always forgive, but that doesn't mean that I guess if they say, well, I'm sorry, and you say, okay, I forgive you, that doesn't mean give them a green light to now do the thing that they did before. Sometimes that is the case where somebody will do something they shouldn't that hurts you, and they think, well, once I'm forgiven, then that's that's green light to do whatever. No, I still think it's like this. It's like you think of the person who goes out and commits a, a major crime, and they're so sorry for it, and they apologize, and you forgive them. That doesn't mean that they don't go to prison. There still has to be something there. I think, I think what you're talking about is consequence. There's forgiveness, and then there's consequence. Mm. And those two things, sometimes we think, well, if you've forgiven me, that means there's no consequence. But you can forgive somebody and still enforce the consequence. If our kid stays out till midnight, you know, if we said be home by 11 and they weren't home till midnight, then we could say, you weren't home on time. I'm going to, next time you can't go out. Whatever the consequence is, we can forgive our child for being out late and still enact the consequence that we decide. Right. But does that work in in an adult relationship, like a marriage? Yes, it does, I think. What I, It's different than with yeah, kids. Well, I mean, okay, let's go to the pornography thing. Mm-hmm. Let's say I'm just a raging pornographic consumer and I'm just, yeah, I'm into it. Right? Mm-hmm. And you find out about it and I'm like, oh, I've been caught. Shoot. Oh, I am so sorry. And I realized the error of my ways. Mm-hmm. I apologize. And you're like, I forgive you. What would the consequences look like for that? But maybe it's something, I mean, there's so many different things, but maybe it is an internet tracker for the phone too. Okay. Or the computer. Yeah. Some, sometimes couples who have experienced infidelity or pornography will say, well, give me all the passwords to all of your accounts. Or you have to let me look at your phone anytime I want. Or don't bring mm. the phone in the bedroom. Like they'll set up whatever boundaries that they want around either internet use or um, tracking apps that show you where you are every moment of every day where you can there's these apps that you can install on your phones and then you can see where each other is at all times so some people say having that and knowing being able to check on where you are at any time 
would help me feel better, help me feel more safe to know that you're not out with some other woman or whatever. I kind of feel like if we had that with our phones, oh my gosh, it would be super boring. We're like, oh, he's back at work again. Oh, she's at home still. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> she's showing at Walmart for the fourth time this week. <laughs> Right, but obviously if you had cheated on me and were off some other place, not the place where you told me, if you had lied about where you were going, uh, that might give me some peace of mind. Plus it might give you a little bit of accountability. Sometimes just knowing that your spouse can see where you are helps you keep yourself accountable. Does that make sense? Like you know that you can't hide it. So sometimes it helps people to stay on track. And obviously whatever the thing is, the two of you will want to agree on whatever that is, um, whether it's like right. the tracking app or the passwords or whatever. But if you are the one who's broken trust, it's important that you be willing to offer something to your spouse in order to gain back their trust. Right. That's a big example. Mm-hmm. Now, we can bring that down now in our relationship. There's things that happened in our relationship where I realized I was doing something that annoyed you or that you thought wasn't the healthiest thing in the world Mm -hmm. and we'd talk about it and I would apologize for it. Mm -hmm. Now in that case, having a consequence I don't think would have been appropriate because we both came to an understanding. We both, like I didn't know what I was doing was irritating you Mm -hmm. and you didn't bring it up until it had been a while. Mm -hmm. I think having a consequence or something like that probably isn't appropriate. And so I think forgiving, I mean, like I said before, I think you should always forgive. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean you always should forget or take steps to protect yourself or whatever it is, but say it's something smaller. I don't think necessarily that you have to have some sort of sanctions or consequence, especially if they're, you go back to the butter example from way mm-hmm. earlier. Mm-hmm. Well, what if they keep doing it? Mm-hmm. Is that, I mean, maybe eventually you either get over it or you, or you bring it up again. You said you were going to stop leaving out the butter. You Mm -hmm. keep doing it and you apologize for it, but you keep doing it and maybe talk about a solution there because perhaps the guy is just an airhead and can't remember to do it. Okay. Well, and that brings up another point, the difference between a mistake and a choice. So there's times when I accidentally leave the butter out. Like there's times when you just overlook doing something. I guess there's different categories. There's, I didn't know that bothered you. There was, I know that bothered you and I meant to do it and I just got busy and forgot, got distracted, got interrupted, whatever. And then there's this other thing that people do where it's kind of an indulgent move. Like, I'm just going to leave the butter out and see if he notices. Or I'm just going to not care as much as he does. Or sometimes it's sort of a little bit of a passive aggressive move to like, well, I'm just going to not do that. Like the example, putting the butter back in the fridge. And they'll say, oh, sorry, I forgot, if they get confronted about it. Like, yeah, I forgot, you know, when it was like, okay, was that actually a mistake or was it a choice? If you've left it out and left it out and left it out, or like in the pornography, if you're looking and then you're looking and then you're looking and then you've had conversations and said, sorry, I'll stop, sorry, I'll stop. Is it a mistake the next time you go and look at pornography again? Or is that a choice that you made? But you're saying, oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, like I couldn't help myself. Or is that just an indulgent choice that you're trying to play off as a mistake in order to keep your spouse happy with you? Sometimes people do that. Like, you know, don't leave your shoes out. Oh, sorry. I'll get them next time. Sometimes people are sort of indulgent in that way. Like, oh, well, I know she hates that, but I'm too tired, so I'm not going to. So let me throw you a curveball with that. Okay. 
What if it's an addiction? Okay, and that's a whole different thing. That's actually a really good point as well. Let's go to one of the the easiest examples, an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. If they apologize for being an alcoholic and they say they're going to stop, but they keep drinking because it's Mm -hmm. an addiction. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a lot different, I think. That is different than passive resistance. Passively resisting what their spouse wants them to do by just leaving their shoes on the floor the toilet seat up or all those, you know, sort of classic examples that we talk about with relationships. But when it is something like an addiction, do you have an excuse for not getting help for that? Once you recognize this might be an addiction and maybe I should get some help with it. There's two ways because yes, if the spouse understands this isn't just my spouse being passive aggressive. This isn't my spouse just being indulgent. This is my spouse having a real struggle with this thing that I'm not really, that you can't really see it on the surface. So I don't love the framing of calling things addictions because some people get attached to that look. Well, sorry, I'm addicted, so couldn't help it. Uh, Sure, you have those people who But on the other hand, there are times when you really, really are trying your hardest to stay away from alcohol, for example, or whatever the thing is. And the temptation and the drive toward it is just like, like overcomes you and you, you sort of can't help it. You can, but you can't. I would imagine most people have had an experience where they were trying to resist something, but then gave in, even though they knew that their spouse would be upset about it. But then, like, if you are refusing help for that, you know, that's that's one thing. But if you're like, you know what, I'm working on it, I'm getting help, or I'm doing whatever it is to overcome it, getting whatever healing, addiction recovery that you need. I think if that was the case, I would hope that their partner would be understanding as much as possible. First of all, understanding the nature of addiction, understanding the nature of willpower and trauma and all of that to help understand where their spouse is coming from. Therefore, it helps them not take their partner's behavior personally. If someone has ADHD and they leave the butter out and they leave their stuff all over and it drives their spouse crazy, if they take it personally, it's like, oh, she left that out because she knows it annoys me. That must mean she doesn't care about me. That's one way to think about it. But when you really understand what's going on inside your spouse's mind if you can get a sense of the intent from your spouse like if you can read that i really didn't mean to leave it out but i did it again i think it's easier to forgive when you take your spouse's behavior personally that makes it way harder to forgive them for what it is that they're doing because you're making it mean they don't love me and it's a lot harder to forgive they don't love me than it is to forgive they're really struggling with this but they're trying So I think on smaller things, it's easier to forgive and forget. Generally, yeah. I think what I take from this conversation is that on the larger things where, you know, you can forgive people for the larger things, mm-hmm. um, but to be able to forget those bigger things, like we talked about the pornography or mm-hmm. the affair, mm-hmm. I think that to be able to forget it, to think of it as trust again, it's going to take some time mm-hmm. and there's going to probably have to be some steps. And and I think that may take a long time. I, I know we've talked to people who have had affairs before and it takes a long time for that trust to be rebuilt. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there was that couple that we interviewed um, mm-hmm. there. They still remember it. Yeah. Like they, they didn't forget that an affair happened. Yeah. But I'm certain the husband has forgiven the wife and the wife has forgiven the husband for things too. It was mm-hmm. the wife that had the affair. Yeah. And they took steps to build that trust again mm-hmm. between each other. And mm. it took a lot to do it. 
and it took a long time to do it, but they were able to get through it. So on those bigger things, I think, I mean, you never, you're never going to forget it, but you do need to build that trust back and it takes a lot to do it. Mm-hmm. Now on the, when you talked about it, when we talked about addiction or some of these other things, let's say you, your spouse does something and they apologize for it, you forgive them and then they do it again. Sometimes it depends on how they act when they do it again. If they try to keep it from you again, or do they come to you and say, hey, I did this again. I'm so sorry. I screwed up again. You can still forgive them and you should forgive them. Mm-hmm. But understand that when you when that spouse comes to you and says, I screwed up again, I guess in my mind, it still keeps that trust intact. Mm. Because they've come to you and said, I screwed up. Does that make sense? Yeah. Although some but people... if they don't do that, then that trust can erode away pretty quickly. Yeah. So the honesty of yes, I did this, is a lot different than them lying about it and trying to hide what they've done. And so a lot of times it's not the viewing of pornography that bothers people as much as it is the lying about it. And if somebody is lying to you about something, then it's really easy to go to, well, what else are they lying about? Now I can't trust anything that they say because if they lied to me here... Are they, did they lie to me there? And are they lying to me all the time? And I never know. And that's the problem with some of these things. I mean, the things have problems of their own also, but that is a big problem with trust is that like, not only did you do a thing that you told me you'd never do, but then you lied about it. The other thing that is coming to me is sometimes we talk about forgiveness as a one-time event. Like, okay, we had a conversation, you did a thing, I said I forgive you, and now done. Forgiveness over. Yeah, finished. But it actually, I don't think forgiveness is linear. I can forgive you now when I'm feeling love and understanding and closeness. But then next week, when you said something rotten to me, I might forgive you a little bit less for that thing that you did before because now I'm not feeling that loving and connection and trusting feelings for you now. And so sometimes we, we, it's like two steps forward, one step back. Like, okay, I forgive you. Okay, wait, is it a good idea for me to forgive you of that? Or am I still able to let go of those emotions that I had? Or are those emotions coming up for me again? Yeah, did you really forgive? And so maybe you need to forgive over and over. Practice forgiving your spouse. Okay for the thing, forgive, and then the feelings come up again, and then you get to choose to forgive them again. Sometimes people say, I forgive you, and then the thing comes back up, and they're like, well, now I don't want to forgive you anymore because of this new information that I have or whatever. And so rather than thinking of forgiving as like, forgive and forget, done, period, it really can be something you need to practice over and over again. Yeah, I think that, I guess what I take away from this is the adage of forgive and forget. It can happen, but it it's only for little things. I know you've forgiven me for things that I don't remember what it was anymore. <laughs> so I, you forgave mm-hmm. me and I think we probably both forgot. Mm-hmm. But I don't think on the bigger things, maybe medium to big things, we can and we should forgive. Mm-hmm. But we won't. We're not going to forget it. We can continue to forgive them, but we can also, over time, build trust again mm-hmm. to where, just like I talked with that affair with that couple, uh-huh. they both remember the affair. They've both forgiven each other. But it's taken time to build that trust up again. And the emotion attached to the memory of the affair oh, disclosure yeah. or whatever. Great point. There's this thing called, I call it active memories, where if you have a memory, like I can remember what we had for dinner last night. And I don't have any emotion attached to that, really. Or if I do have an emotion, because it was a nasty, gross thing, or I choked or something, and I have some emotion attached to that, when I remember that event, 
the emotion will come back up again. Actually, it works both ways. If it was a really good meal and it was just so good, I will also have, when I think of that memory, those same emotions coming back up. And so you can neutralize the negative emotions that happen around a memory, which actually is what trauma healing does. It detaches the emotion from the memory. So you keep the memory, but the emotion is neutralized. Um, and I don't know, you can do it yourself. I think sometimes you can't always do it yourself. It just depends on the nature of the thing. If it's something small, like the leaving of the shoes out, I can just decide, you know what? I care about my husband. I know he's really tired at the end of the day, picking up his shoes and putting them in the closet. Not a really big deal compared to how I feel about him. So I can choose to just not be upset about that. You can choose to not be so mad about the butter being left out. Like, do I care more about the butter or do I care more about my spouse? And sometimes it really is a matter of letting the little things go because you value the relationship and the person more than you value that small behavior. So that works well, at least it works well for me with kind of some of those smaller things. It helps me just let it go and be like, you know what? I care more about my husband than I do about the toilet seat being left up. Whatever. Yeah, and for the record, I don't do that. <laughs> Not often, but I don't care. If I go in there and the toilet seat's up, what do I do? I put it down. And I don't give it another second thought because I don't care. I've decided that's not worth my time to care about. I don't have anything else to say on this topic. I think we talked it out. All right, now I'm going to go make some rolls. And I'm going to go back out to the garage and finish what I was doing. All right. Thank you for being here with us today. We hope you learned something. We hope this helps you have a better relationship. And we'll see you next week. Thanks. Bye. Bye. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Marriage Bites Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, share it with a friend. Do you feel like the fun and adventure you used to have has been crowded out by work, kids, and just life in general? I have put together 24 super fun date night ideas that will have you laughing and connecting in 20 minutes or less. So head over to andalynprice.com to get a whole bunch of easy and free date ideas. You'll be amazed at how a little bit of play can have you laughing and connecting in no time. Babysitter not required. you have is getting to me now sorry something think, in the air can i have some of your water yes you can i have cooties <laughs> so Woo, much better again you're so okay weird. so, so they, that's why you married me <laughs> and you're pretty weird yourself anyway you did high five yes i hope the camera picked that up oh, oh it did <laughs>